Good morning, Cornerstone. How is everybody today? Come on, man. It's exciting to be in church today. My name is Scott. I want to welcome everybody at the Santan campus. Let's give a shout out for Larry, the new campus pastor at the Santan campus. Larry, we're glad to have you on the team. So glad to have you here at Cornerstone Church, as well as everybody in Scottsdale and here in Chandler. Today, it's a special day, right? I mean, there are 85 million moms in the U.S., and I am convinced that nearly 1 million of them are at our three campuses today. And the other 84 million, I believe, are probably at CornerstoneOnline.com right now joining with us. Let's give it up. Come on, we honor the moms. We celebrate them. We celebrate you. We honor you. We're so glad to have you with us. It's a, it's a big, big day. I mean, I uh, when, when Pastor Lynn asked me to come out and speak today on Mother's Day, immediately my response was, of course. I mean, come on, this is a blast. And then on the inside, my inner voice said, oh, no, what have I just agreed to? I mean, it's Mother's Day. What am I going to say on Mother's Day? What am I going to do? So immediately I began stressing out, just thinking, oh, my Lord, what have I got myself into? So I asked my wife, Shelly, for some input, like, what am I going to say on Mother's Day? What in the world? And she gave me some really good input. But then I thought, Man, that's not enough to talk for like 25, 30 minutes on that. What else am I going to do? So I went where we all go when we don't know where to go. I went to Facebook and I asked for input. And I am so thankful that many of the moms out there gave me feedback. Many of you from Cornerstone here gave me some great feedback of which really helped shape what I want to say today. And when I was getting the feedback from all the moms on Facebook, I quickly was reminded that Mother's Day, for so many of you moms, is a great day to celebrate. You really look forward to it. There's a lot to be thankful for. Your family's healthy. Your kids are okay. They're doing well. But I was quickly reminded that Mother's Day isn't that for everyone. And it was really clear. I thought, man, I can stick my head in the sand and ignore this, or let's believe that God is big enough to speak to all of us. Because honestly, some of you today, I, I can only imagine, are sitting there and thinking about your kids, and they have maybe gone off in a direction, living their life in such a way that you never even imagined, and it breaks your heart. Others of you are sitting here today, and Mother's Day reminds you of a painful, painful loss and miscarriage that you may have had. Others may be single moms sitting here exhausted, exacerbated, going, I don't know if I can do this anymore. What do we do? What do I say? Some of you have tragically lost a child to an accident. And some of you have lost a child who gave their life for their country. So you can see, right? Stressing out. What am I going to say? And so the moms gave me some great input. My wife, Shelly, gave me some great input, but I still was like, I got to pray about this thing, man. I got to pray about this and say, God, what is it? And I literally prayed. I literally prayed, God, well, give, me, give me one thing I can say to the moms today that, that might encourage them, that you would use to help lift them up and help them out and, and to just fill them with some encouragement. And then, oh yeah, God, there's guys here too, and there's other folks, so how do you speak to everybody? And I literally believe, I can stand here with confidence and say that I really believe that God gave me something to say to you today that can help, and that God is big enough 
to deal with wherever we are and wherever we come from. So if you have a Bible, I want you to open it up to Luke chapter 10. Maybe it's paper and it's in your lap or it's on an app, whatever it is. Open it up, Luke chapter 10. And we're going to dig into, for some of us who read scripture, a relatively uh, familiar passage. We're going to learn from two ladies today. One's named Martha and the other one is named Mary. Everybody say Martha and Mary. So here's what happens. Luke chapter 10, starting out in verse 38. And we pick it up. It says this. And Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village named Maricopa where a woman just... Checking to see if you're with me. All right. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now imagine this for a moment. Your doorbell rings. The dog starts barking. You look through the peephole. And on the other side of your door is standing the Son of God, the creator and the sustainer of the heavens and the earth on the other side of your door. That's what's happening right here. Martha lets him in to her home. And then it goes on and says, Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So evidently, he wasn't there just for the chips and salsa and to watch the D-backs on Sunday afternoon. He was there for a purpose in addition to that. So she sat at his feet listening to what he taught. And then it says, but Martha. Everybody say, but Martha. Now say this, we say, Martha, Martha. We always pick on Martha when we read this text. We're always coming down on Martha, but haven't, hasn't your mom told you don't pick on other people? Oh, come on, people. We're not going to pick on Martha today. So we're going to we're going to look at her and learn something from her. And so it says this. So it says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus, obviously frustrated. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you? And she's thinking, because it certainly does to me. Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Anybody relate to Martha? I mean, come on, you're having people over to the house. Somebody's got to cook the meal, right? Somebody's got to flip the burgers on the grill. Somebody has to put the ketchup and the mustard and the relish and the chips all out on the counter and the paper plates and all that. Somebody has to do this, right? So Martha, she's doing what is needed in the moment, but she's frustrated. Lord, don't you care? It seems unfair. She just sits here while I do all the work. And then she says to Jesus, tell her to come up and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. If you're the kind of person who likes to take notes and write things down, I've got one thing to say to you today that I really believe will change your life. If you're taking notes, write this down. When the Son of God rings your doorbell, and you let him into your home, just order takeout. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Here's the one thing I want to say to you. is this, is that there's, there's one thing, the one thing that prepares us for everything is to sit at the feet of Christ. The one thing that prepares us for everything, is to sit at the feet of Christ. You have Martha and you have Mary. And Martha is probably like most of them. Definitely, I can relate more to Martha, the doer, getting things done. It's all necessary and it's important and it's right. Martha is preparing a meal that will only last for a moment. 
But Jesus, the Son of God, is serving a meal that could potentially last for eternity. Remember where Scripture says man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God? Martha is missing the moment. And the necessary and right uh, details that she thinks needs to get done, she's missing the moment where Mary sees it, and Mary seizes the moment to sit at the feet of Christ and learn from Him. Martha's working for Christ. Mary's worshiping Christ. They're both important, but one should always take priority over the other. Worshiping Him takes priority. But if we're to be honest today, how many of you guys would think, okay, so Scott, are you telling me that i got to find more time in my life to sit at the feet of Christ? And especially for moms? Now, I don't want to assume the role that you have in the home. If, if you're married and your husband is in the home with you, I don't want to assume that you do certain things and he does certain things. But let's just be honest. Moms are busy people, right? And mom, if you'd happen to be one of them, hopefully your husband's helping. But if you got the dishes and the dishes are dirty, you think, I gotta get the dishes clean. But sometimes, if we're gonna take the, the, make the decision and say, I wanna sit at the feet of Christ and learn from Him, I'm gonna have to leave some things undone. And right now that is freaks some of us out, doesn't it? Man, the laundry, it's overloaded. I gotta run some laundry. I know. But sometimes we have to leave some things undone in order to put that worshiping Christ as a priority in our life and sit at his feet. Martha was good. She's doing the good thing. But it wasn't the right thing in the moment because sitting at his feet was going to prepare her for everything else that came her way. And I wanted to suggest this, Mom. The most important part of your day may be the part that only God sees. And that's your time with him. Your time with him in his word, your time with him in prayer, sharing your heart with him, sitting at his feet, learning from him so that he can then do something to help prepare you for the day that's ahead. And it's the same for all of us. And when we sit at the feet of Christ, I've got a a couple things I want to just kind of unpack with that because I think when we take time to sit at his feet, a lot of stuff happens. He does a lot of things in us and through us when we do that. But there's just a couple that I've experienced that have been consistent. And I want to share them with you this morning. And the first one is this, is that at the feet of Christ, he affirms our identity. Everybody say identity. It's at his feet that he affirms our identity. Second Corinthians chapter five, turn there if you've got that in front of you, says this in verse 17, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I probably say that every time I'm here because I like so much of it. But second Corinthians five, verse 17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become brand new. Scripture literally tells us that when we surrender to Christ, our spirit is made new. And on the inside, God immediately transforms us at that place. But then from there out, we are to live it out and walk it out so that transformation pushes out into every other area of our life. But we are made new. And when we ask Christ into our life, we immediately become not only a child of God, but we receive a new identity. We in Christ are brand new. Now, my wife, Shelly, does most of the grocery shopping, but every now and then I have to go to the store and get some things. And it it never surprises me that I literally will end up calling her three or four times every time I go to Walmart down the street. Honey, where were those pickles at? What aisle? Any other guys do that? I'm the only one. Okay, thank you. So I'm calling her and and it's just, I, I don't know where anything is. But when I go down the aisle, you got all your food, 
place on the shelves, right? And I learned recently that the FDA actually has um, some requirements for food packaging. And they say that on the place that the consumer is going to easiest, most easily see, that's called your principal display panel. And this is getting really interesting now, isn't it, right? So on your principal display panel, you've got the name of the product, the brand, and then underneath it, it's supposed to say the amount of what's, how much is in it. And I'm assuming that grocers are like, well, of course we're going to face it out so people can see it. And you're walking up and down the aisle, you're looking for stuff. And what, what's interesting is that on this display, it, tell, it gives the identity of what's inside spam. Come on. Hot and spicy spam. Who did not enjoy that for breakfast this morning, right? The perfect Mother's Day meal. Hot and spicy spam. It says on the outside, on this panel, what's on the inside. But what happens is, what if, what if you went in the store and it was kind of turned around and it looked like this, it was all sloppy, and you couldn't tell what was on the inside? You're like, where, what is, where is that? What's all that? And it happens in life so often. Every day. Mom, you know what I'm talking about. Dad, you know, all of us know life just kind of hits us and we're just kind of sometimes spinning, going, what is going on in my life? And so life just kind of starts beating on you, right? And it's challenging and something comes your way you're not expecting it and it just beats on you and it's messing you up and your macaroni starts flying all over the place and your, your cheese is flying all over the place and you're like, oh my God, help me, my life is crazy. And then you kind of, you're sitting there like this in life and you're all hunched over and you don't even know who you are, what you are anymore. Come on, people, help me. It's mac and cheese, man. This is awesome. And you kind of on the inside feel like this. But it's in the moments that we say, I'm going to daily sit at the feet of Christ. And I'm going to let him speak to my soul and affirm who I am in him. Because mom, you are a child of God. And when you spend time at his feet, He's going to affirm that in you, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are becoming the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. You are the child of the king. And God affirms that in us as we spend time at his feet, in his word. And when we're feeling like this on the inside, we just kind of remind ourselves, even though I'm like, oh, I'm a little cracked, but that's right. I'm mac and cheese, man. I know who I am in Christ. He affirms our identity when we sit at his feet. I wrote a few Mother's Day cards today. I'm going to read them to you as I go. And the first one, uh, all I did was I rewrote the inside because the outside was so pretty. Happy Mother's Day. And here's what I wrote on the inside on this point. Dear mom, whose child you are takes priority over whose mom you are. Whose child you are takes priority over whose mom you are. You are a child of God. Don't ever forget it. Let him remind you who you are. Yes, you may be a mom. But yeah, you've got kids, but he has one too. And it's you. And he wants to affirm who you are in Christ. Whose child you are takes priority over whose mom you are. When we sit at his feet... He affirms our identity. Here's something else that actually happens is when we sit at the feet of Christ, we receive our strength. Everybody say strength. Now say it with some passion. Come on, Santan, strength. We receive our strength when we sit at his feet. Turn to the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, and here's what it says. Uh, in verse, starting in verse 29. 
He gives strength to the weary. How many of you would say, man, based on the week that I just had, I certainly hope that's true. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Anybody here, anybody in Scottsdale would be honest enough to say, man, (laughs) I've got some weaknesses and there's times where I really feel weak and I need God's help. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths will grow tired and weary. Young men will stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You know what? God's been into renewable energy sources ever since time began, so come on, man. He put your hope in the Lord. He will renew our strength. That's what he does when we sit at his feet. I, uh, a few years ago, went through uh, a pretty, pretty, uh, private and painful season, and uh, it was r- super challenging. I, it, I didn't we didn't lose a family member, so it wasn't that hard. But it was literally the loss. I would call it the loss of a dream. My family and I we were in a great place in so many ways, in a great job, in a great community. Things were going well, and I had an incredible opportunity come my way, and I thought it was from God. And in fact, I still do, but you know, we kind of get in the way sometimes. And this for me was like the job of a lifetime. And I thought, man, of all the years that God's been working in me and through me and shaping me, I was really like, my, my, my mantra was, I'm made for such a time as this. I was created for this job. This is awesome. So I uprooted the family and we went for it. And there was a lot of things that were wonderful about it. But what happened over the course of time is that I was faced with a decision to make. And I was faced with either compromising my definition of integrity or just going along with it silently. And it was a hard place to be. I'm telling you right now. Dream job. Wonderful people involved. Uprooted my family. Am I going to stay with that or am I going to follow what I believe God says is righteous and integrous for me, according to my definition of it? And Shelly and I came to the decision like we just cannot violate our integrity. We need to trust God enough to put him first in this space and trust him with whatever's going to happen. So we made that decision. And from that place, things just kind of went crazy and, and went off in a crazy direction. And I was completely broken. Totally honest with you, man. I was heartbroken. And what would happen for the next year, year and a half, I kid you not, I was, I was quickly in another place of leadership and, and around great people and doing relatively well. But I would sit there on a daily basis. I'd be in a, in a team meeting or sitting across another guy uh, having coffee, just talking about life, talking about family, talking about the Lord, all this good stuff. And out of nowhere, I'd be blindsided with this overwhelming sense of hopelessness. Lost all hope. And I'm like, what's, what's this about? I'm, I'm not, I'm usually like Mr. Optimist, right? And man, we can figure this out. We can push through this thing. We can make it happen. And daily, not only daily, but six, 10, 12, 15 times a day, I would be hit with this overwhelming sense of I've just messed everything up. I've messed up my kid's life. I've messed up our family life. I've messed up our financial life. And God, I'm so angry at you. How could you let this happen? And I felt such a sense of overwhelming hopelessness. I was scared to death. God, honest truth, I was scared to death. And I only told my wife and I only told a couple men that were close to me in kind of an accountability relationship. 
And though I never went to talk to someone that was professional in that sense, but I, I went again, when we all go to figure things out, I went online <laughs> and I started kind of looking into things. Why do I feel this way? And I started taking these little online tests and the results consistently came back that I was what was called moderately depressed. And my understanding of that was that there's another level of depression called clinical depression that many of you guys may know very well. And my understanding of that is that that takes, uh, it's vital that there's some medicine to help us create a chemical imbalance or back to balance to get through that. My understanding was that moderate depression wasn't at that level yet. So I thought, okay, I'm not there yet. So I'm just going to pick myself up, grit my teeth, and I'm going to push through this thing. And I'll tell you what, there would come times when I felt so hopeless and depressed that I, I didn't want to put the weight on Shelly. I didn't want our kids to know about it. I've actually never talked about this publicly before until this weekend. Um, I would go get in the car and I would go for a drive around the neighborhood, around the community. And I would say things to God while I was driving that car that I would never say in church. And they were the best prayers. They were the best prayers. Because I realized that God's big enough to handle my challenge. God's big enough to handle my pain. And God forgive me, but I know you're big enough to handle my language right now, but I'm pretty upset. And it was in those moments that I learned that I had to go to the feet of Christ. I had to get my strength from him. And I would have to go. I was like, literally, I was like forced to go to him. Where else am I going to go? I've got to keep leading. I've got to keep leading my family. I've got to keep doing life, right? Where am I going to go? Because I feel like it's done. It's over with. And I went to the feet of Christ. And you know what happened? In those moments, he wouldn't give me like this Red Bull got wings experience. But it was strength to get through that day. Strength to get through that day. And over the course of time, we got stronger and stronger, little by little by little. And it happened only because I went to the feet of Christ and I got in his word. I said, God, you've got to speak to me today. Remind me of who I am. Because I am not defined by what I do. Mom, you are not defined by what you do. And you are not defined by what you've been through. Even though what you've been through may shape who you're becoming, it's God alone who defines who we are. And I needed to hear from him who I was. And I needed to get strength to get up and face that day. And so, Mom, I'm smoking what I'm selling here. I want to encourage you to live this thing. When you come to a place where you're like, I cannot be Mom for one more day, go to the feet of Christ. Sit at his feet and learn from him. Worship him. Let his word speak to you and let his strength, as you put your hope in him, let it lift you up and give you strength. I have another Mother's Day card I want to read to you. This one I also rewrote the, the inside. It's a, it's a cute one. It's yellow, right? Dear mom, embracing your weakness is the first sign of strength. Do you ever feel weak? God, I can't do this. Whatever you've been through, we all do, right? Embrace it. Jesus, I'm weak. May your grace be sufficient in me right now. God, lift me up. Spend time at his feet, maybe on your face, so he can lift you back up. I I wrote a letter, a a, a Mother's Day letter to my mom. I want to read it to you. And I asked her for for, for permission to do this. And she said, yeah, cool, go for it. So I have her permission. 
But I also uh, added to it something I want I want to say to all the moms, all the ladies here. So for about two minutes, three minutes, I'm going to read something to you. And here it starts out with my Mother's Day letter to my mom. You ready for this? You're like, uh-oh, here we go. Dear mom, I know I haven't said it enough, but I'm going to make up for lost time. I love you. You've told me that your biggest fear as a mom was that you weren't doing a good enough job. Well, I'd say that you did great. I'd also say that after getting pregnant at 16 years old, you learned real fast how to be a mom. Even if Michelle, Michelle's my sister, even if Michelle and I weren't planned for, I thank God that he has a plan for us all, including you. For time's sake, let's cut to the chase. I'm sorry for everything I put you through when I was a teenager. If it wasn't for your constant concern, I can only imagine where I'd be today. Thank you for not killing Michelle and me when we were trying to kill each other. And you guys know what that's about, right? Thank you for giving me a ride home the time I was kicked out of school for three days. You guys are, oh my God, my kids are in here. What, don't, don't listen to this. Thank you for taking me to the doctor that day I thought my head was going to explode, only to be exposed that I had a horrible hangover. This is who you're listening to today. Thank you for making sure that Christmas happened every year and for cooking Thanksgiving dinner while we'd watch the Detroit Lions on TV. It was the one day we were sure they were going to win. Thank you for being there when dad was drinking and distant most days of the week. Thank you for sticking with him when he probably didn't deserve it. Thank you for being a working mom with two jobs, one as a parent and the other to earn a paycheck. Thank you for being my biggest fan, even when no one was cheering you on. Thank you for watching my life change after I surrendered it to Jesus. Thank you for listening when I shared the message of Jesus with you. Thank you for trusting him with the salvation of your soul by receiving him as your Savior. Now, we get to spend eternity together. I just want to say thank you and happy Mother's Day. Now, let's not be so selfish. Let's not be so selfish. I'm going to focus on my mom. I'm going to focus on all the moms now. Here's what I write to you. Dear moms, those who have biological children and those who've adopted children, those who've lost children and those who fulfill a maternal role for so many, on behalf of us all, we thank God that you're a mom. Many of you have kids who weren't as difficult as me. May you thank God for that. I hope today you feel the honor and gratitude that we have for you here at Cornerstone Church. Some of you have kids who are or were more difficult than me. Please share that with my mom. Her number is 269-908-3373. It really is. Her name's Kathy when you call. I also hope that today you feel honor and gratitude that we have, the honor and gratitude we have for you here at Cornerstone Church. Be encouraged that whose child you are takes priority over whose mom you are. If you're a single mom, We cheer you on. Let's try it again. If you're a single mom, we cheer you on. Because it must be overwhelming at times. Stay in the fight. Your kids are worth it. We may not know your story, but God does. Your children have a heavenly father that loves them beyond what you could even imagine. May scripture be fulfilled in you and through you when it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you're a mom who's lost a child, in honor and respect, 
we pause in silence for your grief. We can only imagine the pain over which you shed many tears and have even been angry with God. Though we may not fully understand why, we are confident that in Christ your separation is only for a season. We live in a temporary and broken place where eternity awaits. Today, may you place your hope in the Lord and be encouraged that when we get to heaven, there will be no more tears, just answers and reunions in the presence of our Heavenly Father. In the meantime, He has not left you to go it alone. God will never leave you and He will never forsake you. To others, if your greatest desire is to have a child, but up to now you've been unable, keep praying, keep trying. With sensitivity to your frustration, may we gently ask that you also be open to the additional opportunities that God may bring of mothering a child who needs a mom. Ladies, you are a child of God. You're a daughter of the eternal king. Regardless of what you've been through, God's not done with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You are God's workmanship, called first to be a follower of Christ, called out, called to live out his plans for your life, created for good works, to love your neighbor, to make disciples, and that might even include being a mom. We need you. We need your wisdom, your compassion, your leadership, and your courage. Most of all, we need you to do the one thing that prepares you for everything. And that's to sit at the feet of Christ and learn from him. And in that place, may he himself affirm your identity and give you strength. Let's all pray today. Of all of our campuses, let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful in so many ways today, that we get to celebrate this part of your creation that you call motherhood. Lord, you've created moms, and we thank you for that, God. We thank you for the gift of motherhood. And Lord, I pray that today, that you would continue to speak to, to the diversity under my voice right now, God. That I pray, God, you'd encourage moms who are having a great mothering journey to stay at it. God, I pray that you would strengthen the single moms today, that they would literally experience some strength for the rest of their afternoon that comes from you. God, I pray for the moms who've been heartbroken through loss and tragedy. God, I pray that today would be one more step towards healing. And I pray that you'd restore some joy in their hearts. God, we thank you for our moms. And I pray that for the men in this place, that you would remind us of our role in helping, helping the moms to find some space in their day, to pick up the slack, to help them to find that time to put, put you as a priority and sit at your feet and learn from you. God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand for a moment and let's just give an ovation to all of our moms in the house. Come on, you guys, let's give it up. Come on, man, no golf clap, let's go. Come on, Mom, we're so excited for you. Congratulations, we honor you, we thank you. Let me wrap it up with this, Mom. Mom, you are a child of God. You are a daughter of the King. And if you do not know Christ, He's as close to you as a prayer. Speak to Him today. Call out on Him. Ask Him to be your Savior. Learn what it means for Him to uh, affirm your identity and get your strength from him. Moms, we're so thankful for you. 
And we pray that you have an incredible rest of your day. Uh, before I dismiss you, I want to say that if you want someone to pray with you, and you say, man, I'd love someone to pray with me about something this morning, we're going to have a team up front here to pray with you and do that. Uh, otherwise, you guys are awesome. It's so great to be here with you again. You're dismissed. Come on, put our hands together again. God is good. Have a great day, you guys.